Welcome to episode one of Good Set Dude. I'm kicking things off with my best bud and bandmate, Dan Worrell. He helps me recap our time in the studio last year, uh, the evolution of our second single, Hyenas, and we introduced the Saul V. Noel clip, which will be a running segment on this podcast. This episode, along with the following two episodes, were backlogged for quite a while, so most of the show and release dates we reference will have long since passed. So having said that, please enjoy my conversation with Dan. Hey, man. Hey, dude. Hey, I can hear me a little bit. Is that right? Oh, yeah, a little bit. Just got to keep it cranked. For this episode, since this is kind of the inaugural episode, um, I'll talk about a song that both of us were a part of in our band Dead Friends. Um, Hyenas came out a couple weeks ago, which is the second single from our EP, High Waisted Jeans. And so I was going to give kind of the rundown of the the origin of that story. What was... Uh, what was our, our studio time like? You, you want to speak on that? Uh, for the EP? Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot, of, uh, a lot of waiting and a lot of eating chicken. Yeah. Your back was hurt. Yes. Yeah, I... Yeah, this is probably well documented at this point, but I um, had surgery right after the studio. Um, they wanted to do it earlier, and I postponed the surgery because our studio time had been booked for months and months. So, goddamn hero. <laughs> yep, that's why I did it <laughs> for the accolades. Um, but yeah, I was. They gave me like a meager number of uh, pain med pills. Pain med pills. Pain med pills is I'm right. Cool. I think I'm. Right. I'm. Yeah. I party, your, your with <laughs> I party with pills. I party with pills. Yeah, they gave me some meds, and um, I had to make them last for a week. I think they gave me six, six uh, hydrocodones maybe. And I was just before we went into the studio, like unable to walk. Really, I was bedridden for a couple weeks before our trip up to Baltimore. The back pain didn't make you uh, irritable at all. Thanks for saying that, man. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was, I was a mess. Um, but we got it done. We went up, and um, actually, I was writing on pain meds for a portion of the time as well, which is a fun note. Um, if this full EP comes out which it's it's due out on uh, January 24th so that's coming up um, when it comes out if anybody has any qualms with the subject matter of any of the songs don't bother me about it because I he was high when he said that I was so high um, but interesting note though about the song that we're going to dig into Hyenas um, it was from I think probably the first... Um, Lion King? Yep. It came from um, Whoopi Goldberg and a couple other comedians of the day, I think, who um, were in a cave. and the Tone inter- Loke? Who, who was in there? Oh, I don't know. That I mean, that sounds right. I want to say... 
Was Bobcat in there? Is that too on the nose for them to take a cat and make him a dog? Well, he's also a Bob. Right? <laughs> I don't know, Bobcat's a thing. Yeah. Sorry, I've had too much caffeine. <laughs> First iteration of Dead Friends, which was way before Dead Friends. This was me writing heavy music because it felt right to me. Um, and and that would have been 2013. So from 2013, um, I started working on a, a few songs and in 2019. One of those songs then kind of has has evolved into uh, what what you'll hear here in a minute. But I have um, <clears throat> I actually have that demo, so we're gonna pull this up right now and we'll listen to the original demo of uh, what would be hyenas at the time. It was called Love Shack, Keel O'Neill, um, because I had a for some reason just a um, a thing for. Well, I guess I still do. Just portmanteaus, puns, anything like that. So any and French Schneider and yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. The combination of NBA and um, puns, and and then also just making those into dirty things. Um, Love Shaquille O'Neal is not that crazy, but the other two songs that I wrote, um, Jason Kitty Porn Dungeon, which I've Three. Re- I've. Right. Well, I repurposed that name a couple times just because it's too good. Um, and then Lo- Lamar Scrotum is another song that, who knows, maybe that'll end up on something in the future. But here is the original version of Hyenas called Love Shaquille O'Neal from 2013. So I was recording this on uh, Cubase, I believe, um, on probably not my computer. I think I was borrowing a friend's computer to... Is that what this dim- is? Yeah. Which it's... Riff-wise, it's it stood the test of time, I think. Yeah, a lot of the differences now come from like nuanced stuff that the other three of you came up with to add. Um, it's pretty straight across the plate. I believe we took out those kind of those hits. Those hits were real of the time. It gave me like a census fail vibe that I, even listening back, was like, let's get rid of those. Also, uh, Reason Drums, shout out to Propellerhead Reason for their stock drum tones. Uh, I will say, the the bridge is something that definitely uh, evolved over time. We'll scrub through here and... So this is the original bridge where I would I would start writing a song and get bored and do something like this. <laughs> I like that. 
Dude, I have no idea. I don't know if Just, I like it or it's losing me. Well, but. that's what I'm saying. And kind of what I would do, and what I still do now is if I'm demoing a song and I'm like, okay, cool guitar part for most of this, let's give the bass something to do in this next part. And then back into the chorus. So that's, that's... Wait, let me hear the outro. Oh, shit. Yeah. Also, I don't think I had a tuner. Not dissimilar from what we ended up with. The bass is a lot different there, right? <coughs> uh, yeah. So that was the 2013 version. Um, yeah, it, besides the obvious just quality of... Um, I think I was running through... Because that sounds too good. Right, so we had to definitely dumb that down. Uh, no, I was running through, I believe, a, a POG, one of those little um, bandit mask-shaped pedals. I'm sure you know, you remember, though? Yeah, it gives it that nice uh, aluminum can sound. Yep, you got it. Um, so that was the... That was that. Um, what else about that? There's a, a video of me doing a... A playthrough because I was looking for bandmates at the time. I was still living in Texas, um, so that's why you didn't get a call. All right. So I wasn't gonna bring it up. But. Um, was reaching out to people and got zero interest in playing music that sounded anything like this. I don't know. Part of me thinks that it's a quality thing because from that to the later version um, being. Recorded through Pro Tools, which I am not proficient at at all. I've learned how I learned how to uh, demo and get my ideas down. Still use Reason for all of my drums, but I did get a refill that includes the Paramore snare and kick sound. That's all you need. That's all you need, ladies and gentlemen. Too good. Yeah, if you yeah if you have an idea on Kazoo. And you can add under it the Paramore kick and snare sound. Um, it's rock and roll. Yeah, you'll find people that are willing to play that music. Um, so I've got here the 2013 demo that we just heard. The 2018 demo, um, which is closer. Maybe we'll just listen to a little bit of that just so you hear what we're talking about snare and kick-wise. Yeah, you can hear that. <laughs> uh, but you get the idea. Um, it, it it sounds a little different, um, and that's how you that's how you bait people into playing with you. Once again, just. Getting your idea sounding as close to the finished product as possible instead of uh, what I used to do um, was uh, email them and say it's not gonna sound like this. Like th this is what I'm thinking, but like it's not gonna it's, gonna, it's not gonna sound like this. <coughs> um, which 
it's hard. It's hard to, um, it's hard to get past that. Like, you're gonna have to trust me on this. It's like trying to pitch a movie with just a basic synopsis. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's gonna be good though. Yeah. He goes back in time, and he has to fix uh, stuff. And, and he almost but, but he, he almost has sex with his mom, but 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 she's into it, but he doesn't want to. And then, yeah, you get it, guys. Um, so, uh, much like any Dead Friends song, uh, it is only maybe a fourth of the way done when it's in demo form. The next big step is to uh, get it in the hands of Christian. Christian's wacky, our drummer. Um, is that how you say that? Am I saying it weird? How'd you say it? Zawacky? Yeah, I've just never known the right way. I've only seen it written. I, that yeah, was a, I've never I was heard winging it. it. <clears throat> what we did was we took that demo, give it to him. Uh, he and I jammed through it a few times, um, and he uh, comes up with way better, cooler parts, left-handed parts. Um, and It's really the only difference. You know what? It might just be that I'm looking at it from the other direction. So I'm like, wow, I would never have thought to do that. That's. But if you put a mirror in front of him, you'd be like, oh. Oh. I get it. This, oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, this would be our band practice. Um, the first time playing it through with everybody. Um, playing their parts. Uh, and you can... I think that's you trying to figure out what what you're doing. That doesn't sound like me. <laughs> Here we go. There's just some energy to it. I don't, it this is just iPhone, um, iPhone recording, um, but it's it feels good. That's one of my greatest joys uh, playing music is getting to like write something loose and then hearing it the first time everybody plays it uh, at a practice. Greatest joys. I don't have any children, so that's. That's the one. The songs are like children. <laughs> the songs. Mm. That was weird. We did change that to uh, right. Yeah. I don't know what kind of commentary we could put over this, but uh, I 
I think the main takeaway is that uh, Christian's killing it. He's adding some energy and interesting stuff to to the idea that came from 2013. And this is obviously a new new part. I think I just wanted to add some groove to the whole thing. It's a pretty relentless song and this bridge mixes it up quite a bit, I think. And then the... Uh, this got changed too. Yeah, I believe Will was the one that was saying if we slide up for this for that last run through, um, gives it some, gives it a nice head bangy part. I think we we it cuts into just one guitar there yeah which is a pretty classic uh, final chorus move to do that and then once the vocals run it which we'll listen to in a second it's uh, it gives it a real fun uh, you know what's that listen to these guys harmonize kind of moment you know what I mean listen listen to Brian and Austin Brian Austin Green Oh wow. <laughs> that's that's a first for me. So that would have been the first run through of that song full band. If I remember right, right after we pushed pause on the on the iPhone, we all wept and hugged. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a moment. We had a moment there. Um so moving forward, this is this is always fun once again. Um on drugs. Uh, I was, <laughs> and uh, I was writing these lyrics, and um, I stand by them. I stand by the lyrics. Um, it's but, pretty, you know, G-rated juvenile stuff. You're, you're sure, sure, sure. Saying the um, inspiration behind the the lyrics for the song um, basically came from I was working at a a, a place. We'll just call it a place, um, and some some uh, questionable stuff went down in terms of uh, a guy that worked with a lot of um, early twenties to teen girls, and he shouldn't have been because he was um, under investigation for sexual misconduct and all this kind of stuff. And uh, as much as that's an important issue. Regardless of if you've ever experienced it first or second hand, um, that whole thing happened uh, at, a, at a pivotal point where I was starting to brainstorm lyrics uh, and content for this EP, and um, so it ended up in there. So yeah, we'll listen to this um, once again. This would have been me doing these these this vocal run through probably for the first time. Um, a lot of this stuff isn't usually something that, that is like broadcast out to people just to give me an idea of what the, you know, the, the placement, the flow of the lyrics and all that kind of stuff. But let's get into that. 
So I did this um, did this vocal run um, over that what we just heard the the live playthrough that we did um, so that I could kind of match what Christian's doing drum wise a little bit and it would be uh, it would fit in there better. There's an extra line in there that didn't make the cut. It's just the hyenas are fucked. That I was probably the drugs talking, but um, maybe I'll isolate that and play that in there. But it was kind of that's where the title came from, and then that line didn't make it in the song, which is fine. That's fine, right? No, no, it's not. <laughs> you gotta call Will. We'll put it back in there. And then this, the lyrics to this part didn't come in until the final version. So that's, um, that was what we gave Will when we went into the, into the studio. Um, and he's always, he's always been really good at hearing a version of it. I think there's a lot of stuff in that that, um, was pretty loose. My, the place that I'm screaming, I had, I hadn't figured out what key I was going to scream in yet. Um, so that, I think that alone changes kind of where, how the song sounds. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it's like a half step or maybe whole step down. I don't know. I'll go listen to it. Um, but going into the studio, finding um, a more comfortable place to, to scream all of that. Uh, so we'll jump right into the final version of the song. Um, and I think while we were in there, let's go ahead and start it. This is also... That's a cool thing. Yeah, this was the studio we recorded drums at had a... The studio we recorded at had a, an elevator that we were able to, we just thought that it sounded cool, shutting us in there and locking it and turning on the motor.
Are you getting vocals in yours? I think that weird. Yeah, that harmony is different in the in this one, which I like this one a lot a lot more. I'm getting just the harmonies in the headphones. It yeah. sounds cool. Yeah. That's Cree, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cree yeah. added some uh, Christian added some layers of. Screams. Yep. Lots of cool stuff that just kind of in the moment being like hey can we add some some echoes in there extra harmonies and cool stuff one of my favorite things about having like a band of four people that can sing is that we can pull off most of what we put into a song uh, live which is important it's my least favorite thing it's just when a band can't pull something off live yeah. it's like why, why do it yep this is another thing that I just had I just had a bunch of auxiliary lyrics that This is so cool. Yeah. It's a bunch of auxiliary lyrics that we, we ended up pulling kill the cycle from that and just repeating that in there. Nice little chant moment. Then we call that the Metallica part, just having that same riff, but just Lars Ulrich over it. Just four on the floor. And here's this part that Dan likes. That's the next one, right? Yeah, there you go. Betty Friedan quote at the end there, uh, which is interesting. Uh, it's a a good like feminist quote, but it also goes into theology, which oddly enough is the track track two on the EP uh, deals with that a little bit more. Um, so I thought that was a cool kind of bridge between the songs. Um, but yeah, other than the stuff we talked about, I think it was cool. The end of each chorus, we. Um, each one has a different length. So the first one, the chord that we hold out, um, is is a pretty basic length. And then we 
extend it so it's a little bit annoying, hard to follow in the second chorus, and the last ones where we we had like a a break. Let's see if I can pull just that. So this would be like the weirdest. I remember sitting on that for a little bit in the studio, trying to decide what to what to do with that. Just an interesting thing to mix up the different choruses, which is always fun. So yeah, that's that's uh, hyenas in its evolution. Which I, who knows, who knows if that's fun. I don't know if that's cool to listen to. Uh, the whole idea of this podcast is me making something that I would like to listen to, and if a band uh, gave me the origin from demo to final version of a song, I would like it. So the the working title of that was Carmen, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, so starting with Love Shaquille O'Neal, uh, the new working title until we came up with Hyenas um, was Carmen um, because that song is a riot. A riot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'll let... That's all I'm going to say about that. Go give it a goog and figure out what what that means. Um, might turn you on to a new favorite artist. All right, so for the next segment, uh, we're going to watch this little video. Um, and for you listening, uh, you, this video will also be on our Instagram page. Uh, so go check that out. Um, but let's, let's get into this and then discuss. When artists speak up, people people feel it on more than one level. You know, you know, like people don't walk right, away. So this from is Saul Williams. The union address, like, oh, I feel so inspired. You know, but they leave a concert. You know, like, oh, I feel so amazing. And if something that that artist is a rapper, actor, slam poet, does all kinds of stuff. You know, out of that feeling of, of openness and just inspiration. Yeah, I think it's very, very naive to think that. And then Noel Gallagher from Oasis. It's gone too far. Maybe in the 60s, all you need is love and all that stuff and give peace a chance, maybe. Uh, but it's very, very naive to think that anybody outside the White House and the Pentagon contains anything anywhere on the planet, really. There's nothing that's not political. You know, even if you don't take a stance, that's a political stance. You know? So that, uh, I mean, I operate on the level of personal energy, but I speak into a microphone, and with that comes responsibility. Music should be purely for entertainment purposes and it shouldn't deal in political messages I don't think anyway my own personal opinion is that you know you don't go to a gig to watch somebody sing the news we do hereby declare reality unkept by the changing standards of dialogue statements such as keep it real as retroing punctuating or anticipating modes of ultraviolet this must have been before phones like iPhones you what? must have been before iPhones so I speak because he could, he could have done that one. Notes. Heading himself as a pageantry there. It's a nice thought. I know, I know. You know, maybe all the musicians to get together and the world would be a great place and everybody will pick fucking flowers and go and live happily ever after. Unfortunately, you and I know it to be completely different than that, you know. It's the people in the suits. You know, we've got the bombs, they make the decisions. All of us were just focused on centering and grounding up our personal energy that, um, then, then the world would be a different place. You know, it really would be. And for some of us, it's okay. a different place. So, that is a video from the 2006 Coachella DVD. Ugh. And that- <laughs> I hate everything you just said, but... 
and the uh, <coughs> um, that DVD has very little uh, for me. I don't remember how I acquired it. I think somebody left it at my house. I promise. Uh, no, it, it's it's a good one. It's got um, Morrissey, and it's got Fisher Spooner, and it's got <laughs> and it's got Flea playing trumpet. Um, but it has interview segments uh, strewn throughout, and one of those is uh, this Saul Williams interview mashed up with this Noel Gallagher interview, and it that is my favorite part of the whole DVD. Um, is what you just heard. These two guys um, basically disputing without realizing it the the point of being a musician and having a platform. Um, and I, I really want to make that one video like a recurring uh, segment on this podcast, getting people's views on that kind of stuff. Um, because there's a lot there. Well, I, I side uh, fully with uh, Saul on that one. I think Noel really? Gallagher is just being a smug prick and getting <laughs> diffusion of responsibility so you can just write things like Champagne Supernova and make money off pop songs and not have to have any substance to your art. See, that's, yeah, that is, I, I'm on the fence myself. And so that, that'll be interesting over the next handful of episodes that I do um, getting other people's perspective on that. I think a lot of people probably do well, lean that way. I think they're both right because they're like perpetuating their own viewpoint. There. Right, right. If you think that you can change people's minds through art and you're doing it, then yes. Mm-hmm. But if you think if it's you just think pop you can't, then and you're just why, there to make yeah. money, then yeah. that's what Noel Gallagher's doing. Yeah, and that is very. It's obviously they're yeah they're talking up their own art you know like um but just from that interview i would rather hear what saul has to say more through his music than right yeah um but yeah there's still a part of me though just playing devil's advocate that going to see bands like under oath or even like man those early warp tour days knowing now how precious a 30 45 minute set of music is dedicating any portion of that set to uh, talking about um, President Bush at the time you know what I mean like oh yeah but I mean I don't I'm not saying you should get up there and just like pontificate your your viewpoints right people are there to hear you sing and play your music so yeah put some of that substance in your music you don't have to and yeah talk about that's it. that's where I'm at Um put that message in the song and put the lyrics in the booklet. Yeah. Right. You, but the no Gallagher's point, like yes, yeah. that to me, it's, it's like saying, Oh, there's uh, people are just gonna, you know, it's like, I oh, don't make your bed. You're just going to mess it up when you get back in it later. Anyway. We'll you see. Know? Yeah. That's like a, well, <laughs> of course you're not going to change anything cause you've given up on the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Or, or you just don't believe in anything, which to, Saul's point is uh, is in itself a political view or a view on whatever yeah. uh, you're talking about. I mean, I don't think a lot of people are actively talking about it. It's super interesting to me because I can see both parts. If you forget who's saying each part, there is 
definitely something to be said about giving people an outlet for like three hours on a Friday or whatever. You can go listen to your favorite band without having to worry about like, okay, I, I agree or don't agree with their religious or or uh, political views. But yeah, you're you're more more along the lines of uh, use your platform. Well, yeah, because I mean, people are gonna latch on to what you say. So I mean, choose your words deliberately. Yeah, because people are gonna take some sort of importance out of it. I mean, that's yep. how art works. Mm-hmm. People interpret it how they want to. That's very true. That's a good. That's a huge point too. That uh, yeah, be plain about your what you're saying. Otherwise, people will turn it into what they want. Yeah, it's like I mean, you you make art and you make it for you, mm-hmm. and then you put it out there, and then people appreciate it how they want to. It's not yours anymore. Yeah. Unless you read newspaper articles off of a paper towel right. roll. That was a paper towel, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it was. There's no way he's at Coachella and they have paper like that, right? It's got to be a paper towel roll. Can I have 30 yards of papyrus, please, delivered to my trailers? Well, once again, thanks thanks for letting me uh, have an hour or so of your time. Yeah, no problem, um, Ace. For... <laughs> For uh, for this um, one final piece, um, we have a question. We had a question sent in. Um, oh Jesus! Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me about your Power Ranger boxer briefs and the time Mom thought uh, you'd oh, stuff socks shit. in there. Are you texting my sister right now? <laughs> uh. These questions are, in fact, from uh, Mary Elizabeth. W- uh, Sound it out. What? Woo. 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 That's good. You got it. Um, Mary Elizabeth. Woo. Yeah, I think I was like 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. And it was like 10 a.m. And I come out in my boxers. My sister's sitting at the dining room table. So she's probably like 16, 17, maybe even 18. I, I, I was like just at the time where in the morning uh, oh. I was a little half masked. You know? Okay. And I was I was also prone to doing bits and you know goofs around the house. So my mom's standing there. She's like, "What? Do you, what do you got in there? What do you got in pants?" And then I'm like, "I'm like, oh." I was slightly embarrassed to kind of laugh about it. Like, "Oh, mom, that's that's me." She goes, "No," she thinks I'm doing a joke, and she reaches and kind of taps with her hand, almost grabs it, and then she goes, "Oh." Oh no! And then my sister dies laughing. I say, "I'm gonna go back to bed now." Yeah. So my mom grabbed my um, grabbed my penis because she thought I had something in my pants as a joke. Hey man, good on you. Take it as a compliment, yeah. I guess. <laughs> that's. Uh, I was like, no way. That's fantastic. not in this family. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, man. That's um, we got a lot of good stuff here. We got a lot of good stuff. Um, my yeah. grandpa used to say, "All hearts clear." Oh, like a we good? We we cover everything? All hearts clear? I mean, he was a surgeon. I don't know. Oh, they're not supposed to be opaque. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He would say, uh, "Yeah," at the end of meals, at the end of deep conversations, stuff like that. All hearts clear. I like that. 
Well, is it? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Thanks for bringing up that repressed memory of my mom grabbing my boner. <laughs> Thanks, Mary, for that. <sighs> Gotta go to therapy now. I mean, that's... What is this if not... Oh, yeah. I have nothing for you, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have a... Uh... But yeah, learn to take yeah. care of business before you walk out <laughs> in front of your family. Clearing house. I mean, you know. Yeah, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> All hearts clear. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Thanks so much. Talk to you in a second when we take these headphones off. <laughs> <laughs>